Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp. From Commander's Palace Restaurant in the Garden District in New Orleans, we're out to lunch with Peter Raschuti. Peter Raschuti is Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist. It's business, New Orleans style. Hi, I'm Peter Raschuti. Welcome to Out to Lunch. For much of the history of the United States, New Orleans was a significant economic engine. For many years, we were the busiest port in the country. In population and financial impact, we were bigger than Houston, Atlanta, and Dallas. In fact, right up until 1960, we were even bigger than Miami. We watched New Orleans decrease in population every year since 1963, and we saw our biggest companies depart for other cities. Then, after Hurricane Katrina, the single biggest blow the city has ever taken, we've seen things turn around dramatically. For the last five years, we've had a net increase in population, more people moving here than leaving. And what has been even more surprising is a vast number of these people are not moving here for food or music. They're coming here for careers and business opportunities. Right now, we're at a critical point in New Orleans are we going to build on this resurgence and return to a city that has a sustained, vital, and vibrant economy, or will it all slip away? The overwhelming majority of business people we talked on this show are concerned that if it does all slip away, there will be one principal reason, crime. Everybody says almost the same exact sentence, we've got to get crime under control, the big question is how. And that's my question for my guest today on the show that we're going to be grappling with. Amy Adato Freeman is a board member of an organization called New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation. The foundation funnels gifts and grants from businesses, philanthropies, individuals, and the government to fund business programs that reduce crime. That extends from hiring more cops to improving methods of justice system data collection and much, much more. Amy, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you for having me. And you often hear people suggest that everything from the federal government to the city council would be a lot better if these organizations were run like a business. While that approach might work for some branches of governing, most of us probably wouldn't expect we would apply business principles to the police department. It might be time to adjust those expectations. Sidney Torres IV is, and his new venture, French Quarter Task Force, is shaking up the police department and the approach to crime. Sydney, welcome down to lunch. Thanks for having me. Now, Amy, the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation has been around since 1995. The foundation claims to have played a decisive role in launching the reforms that helped New Orleans lead the nation in crime reduction in the late 1990s. What's behind this claim? How did they do that? And what's preventing you from continuing to exert that influence over NOPD? Initially, when the New Orleans Police and Justice and Foundation, when it was founded, it was because of a crime surge, and that's why some business people got together to start this board. But in the meantime, we have become a dotted line to the NOPD, and we help with a lot of different things. For example, one of the things we are most involved with right now is the recruiting campaign. 
people on our board who run large companies will come together and bring their HR professionals. People like Jim Cook, who run the Sheraton, will bring his HR people. Different people at Autoclore and different businesses around the city will come together and help advise the hiring process. So, Which probably, if I know kind of how civil service works, probably is a long time between the time somebody applies and when they get a uniform. Right. So in 2014, it took over six months from the moment someone filled out an application to the moment they got hired. Part of that is because we are having a 10-year background check on all applicants right now, which is more stringent than the FBI. But that's because we're under a federal consent decree. So, But part of it was because of just the bureaucracies that happen within government, right? So people within our board got together with their HR professionals and said, we can come up with technologies and ways that you guys can streamline this process. So now it's under three months from the moment you fill out your application to the moment you get hired. So that's one of our successes as a board recently. Um, Does it mean that there's still other things we can help do? Absolutely. So that's part of our role at Police and Justice Foundation is to continually hear from the police chief and some of his commanders about how we can support them. That, part, that part's working. Now, Sydney, your French Quarter Task Force is an app-based crime reporting and quick response system that's been nicknamed, I love this, the Uber for cops. Uh, you've proven that it works to reduce response time when a crime is reported, and the statistics seem to support that your patrols reduce crime. Uh, the program is in its second incarnation. The first version you turned over the NO- to the NOPD, and it appeared to have kind of mixed results. With this second version of your private public police patrol, it looks like you're working more closely with the NOPD. Uh, what's the relationship between your company, the city, and the NOPD? Why doesn't the NOPD or the city just hire you to consult and reform the, the whole police department? You know, when I first started this program, because I was funding it and I wasn't depending on funding from the city or the, go- or the state, I think the whole thing, I had control. And because I was paying for it, you know, I was able to basically run it with the department. And so a lot of the things and roadblocks that came about, if it was an issue over money, I'd just put the money up. If it was an issue over trying to figure out how do we streamline this and fix it to make it where it's more efficient and it works better and it's there's accountability and there's a transparency, you know, we jumped right I jumped right on it and just fixed it I didn't wait for someone to answer the question or try to deal with government that was the that was the hardest part for me is trying to you know do this deal and having my hands tied and eventually because I did put up over 600,000 to set this program up um, I think I had a lot of um, ability to kind of do what I needed to do with at, at a point where they kind of backed off and they said okay well let him let him run with it and so I did and 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 where we we butt heads was when we when I was turning it over because I had invested so much of not just my money but my time sure. and and setting it up as a business and I like how you said that as a business because it it, it you know in a business as a business owner you're always looking at the bottom line to see Well sitting I got to ask you that is a lot of money for someone to put up a what got you so into this, uh, so committed to this? Well, I love my city, and I was in the process of selling one of my resorts in the Bahamas, and, and I remember talking, there was a Chinese billionaire who was buying it, and um, he owns all the KOAs all over the United States. No way. And, yeah, all the campgrounds. <laughs> and, and it's um, one of the things he told me, because I do a lot of research when I meet with people, and I like to know their background, and he was explaining to me one night that he, uh, I asked him, I said, why, do you, why have you given 25 $30 million to your school? 
and that you graduated from. He says, well, if it wasn't for that school, I was adopted and I wouldn't be in the United States and I wouldn't be the billionaire that I am today. And it was kind of, it kind of hit me because at the time I was fighting with the fact that my house was robbed, my friends and family were scared to death to walk outside in the French Quarter, which is only six by 13 blocks. And so I started to put my pick up the phone and started calling friends and finding out why, why is this going on? Why can't we get this fixed? It's only 13 by six blocks. I mean, I kept yeah. it clean. We can keep it safe. And so basically I couldn't get a phone call back from the mayor and I couldn't get a phone call back from certain other people within government. So I said, you know what? I'm going to run a commercial and call them out and, and maybe I'll get a meeting. And so I bet you did get a meeting. I, we, we got a meeting. And uh, before the meeting, I was challenged about, you know, put your money where your mouth is. And, and to me, I looked at that as a challenge. Um, but with everything I do in business, I look at everything from the standpoint of, you know, how does this make sense financially? How does this make sense to help the areas that I can be servicing? And how can I make a difference compared to the rest of my competitors? And when you apply that to government and you, you look at that, you I mean, it's pretty easy to accomplish um, <laughs> things when you look at how a lot of the government is run. Because I look at it that more businesses, more entrepreneurs and community leaders should get involved. Because I don't think government leads communities. I think the community leads and works in, you know, it's a, it's a partnership to work well, Amy, together. How do you get business people to, to realize that they can make a big difference? Part of my commitment to being on this board was really figuring out how could I use my business savvy, my strategy thinking to get together with others. And um, one of the things I did personally is I'm the marketing chair of the board, but I got a bunch of marketing people around town, people from who are, have their own solo shops to then some of them who are in bigger firms. And we get together once, oh, maybe every six weeks for lunch. And NOPD people or NOPJF people, the foundation people come to us and say, we're really struggling with how we should do recruiting. And so we say, well, why don't y'all go to Camp Lejeune and set up a shop right up there because these people are getting out of the military. Well, guess what? <laughs> Last, a couple months ago, they went to Camp Lejeune. Actually, maybe it was three weeks ago. But they went to Camp Lejeune and did an actual case. recruiting effort out of state instead of just Whoa. the advertising. So they do listen to us. They do take our ideas. And so I, I agree with Sydney that it's really important us as business people need to be involved in helping yeah, and it, leading really because government is can do so much but we as individuals right. can do more sometimes yeah and I, and I and and to to jump on the back of that is that I just feel that you know at the end of the day um, you have to have the politicians have to work with us and you know we did vote them in and we are a community that you know put them in office so I think we should have a say and in input into you know how things are done if, especially if they're not being done right right and so let me ask you about the app you know, first of all how does it work and theoretically could it be expanded to the whole city Absolutely. You got to want your community has to want it. Your council person has to push it and the mayor has to sign off on it. So it's uh, when you look at all this uh, private security districts that we have throughout our city, it's it's crazy to see like how they're run. They basically because of the consent decree, the way that they have you have OPSC, which you have to go through to hire details. So they've basically the security districts have figured out a system where they hire a supervisor or, or a superintendent right. to serve as like a manager who gets paid a lot of money to sit on this to sit on this security district and basically do he's basically doing a detail. They can call it whatever they right. want to call it, but he's basically doing a detail just yeah. to get around the OPSC thing. And I've been invited to Lakeview. I've been invited to different districts throughout the city. And when I get there, they have a, a supervisor sitting there. And, you know, he gets his 
check and there is very little accountability and transparency to the neighborhoods because there's no access to get directly to the closest police officer like the app does in the French Quarter. You've got to call this guy and he's got to dispatch it to yeah, the other right. guys. One extra step. And you don't have the you don't have the accountability of the GPS to see what areas they've traveled, how productive they're they're they've been on their shift. So it's kinda like I don't know, I wouldn't run my business like that. Right. So I sure wouldn't run my security <laughs> like yeah, that, yeah. You know? Now, Amy and City, let, let's ask the bottom line question. Why does New Orleans have a crime problem that's really out of proportion to most other cities in the country? The reasons we often hear are poverty and education, but we know that crime fluctuates from year to year. While the standard of living and education remain relatively constant, although we're improving our education system, the results will take some time to see, and eradicating poverty is a lofty goal that's a lot more complex. In your opinion, is the immediate solution simply better policing? No. 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 Not at all. No. I mean, as as a um, longtime resident of New Orleans, that is not um, the policing, and I and I think Chief Harrison would agree with me on that. That it's it's not it's not the policing; it's the community building and education and poverty. You've got this is something I agree with Mayor Landry on, and I don't agree with him on everything. But you that that whole initiative he has, Nola for Life, where you. Everybody in the city needs to be doing something for some young person. I you agree with that 100%. Every, every single business person in the city should be mentoring or donating or doing something, taking your kids, if you have high school kids like I yeah. do, to volunteer in a place where they can play with kids who really don't have what they have. Right. Well, and that's why I'm a big believer with junior achievement, and I'm on the yes. board there, and I'm very involved there because I believe that you know teaching kids financial responsibility mm-hmm. is just as important of teaching them English and math and history, because I mean that is something that we just in today's world they they, they don't have any they don't have any they don't have any mentors or guidance as that coming up in age, and so they. As they get older, it's harder to try to tr- change the yeah. way of thinking. Yep. You know, like, oh, I got a check. I'm going to go buy a brand new pair of sneakers. Or, oh, I have a check. I'm going to put, you know, uh, uh, 80% of that in my checking account. And then I'm going to go buy something without a brand name. Because right. because within a few years, I'm going to be able to buy whatever brand name I want. And most of the time when they're at that age, they don't want it because they want to keep saving their money to build their, their right. wealth. And so we don't have that. And that's why when you were saying about playing and what Mayor Landrew wants to do, I think that's crucial the financial responsibility of these young kids and giving them opportunity to where they they feel like they can get out and get a job once they get out of school there's no opportunity for them so i mean playgrounds are great but that doesn't help the the financial side of things you're listening to out to lunch i'm peter rusciutti my guests are amy adato freeman from the new orleans police and justice foundation and sydney torres the fourth from the french quarter task force sydney what about the um the app i mean are other cities Asking about the app? Yes, we actually Thanks. right now currently have it out rolling in um, in two other cities, and so uh, well in one, and we're getting ready to do another one. So um, yeah, it's doing well. It's doing very well. Wow, they ha- and you know I you got to help me with this. I, I've I've looked it up, but I've never tried it. How does the app physically work? Well, it's really easy. I mean, when I was designing it, you know, I kind of laid it out similar to like my garbage company used to run because we we had grown we'd grown and we went to 24 of the parishes within seven years so i was like really spread out so in order to keep the quality of service and the pricing where customers were happy we had to have 
uh, an, uh, the ability to manage these routes to make sure they were picked up on time and that we were running them efficiently. So um, when I was designing this app, I said I wanted to have something that my 98-year-old grandmother could use. And uh, exactly. simplicity is everything, I think, in design and the way that you do things and design things. Um, from, a, from an app standpoint, I think it's crucial because people, they, if it's complicated, they're not going to use it. So what I did was I got bar napkins. And I laid them out on the table, and I said, okay, this is uh, the Long Streets, Royal, Bourbon Street, Decatur Street. And then I had the second napkin was um, Iberville, Bienville, Conti. And then the third napkin was um, prostitution, drug dealing. It was you could pick which crime you're witnessing. And then the fourth napkin was a photograph that you take a picture, and then you hit submit, and then it geocodes where you're located and goes straight to the closest officer. So what I did was I took my phone and I took a picture of that and I sent it to my IT guy and I said, I want you to find and build me an app that's this simple that does everything that I needed to do. And then that's how we created I this I can just app. see you bringing the napkins yeah. into the app guy. There's, uh, <laughs> right. yeah, it's, I, when, you, when you call in, are you anonymous? You can be or that's an option. you can, yeah, but it locates where you are when you put the call in. And, and a lot of people when they're reporting crimes, what's so great about this in the new version is that it's paperless. So, for example, you know, just like when I started the garbage company after Katrina, I did it to help out. I couldn't get service from my hotels and I was charging a price that was a lot was the same price that I used that everyone would get before the storm. Then when the storm hit, it was amazing because I, I kept this and we built that company. So I did it out of a need to help. And the same thing I did with the app. So I didn't build the app thinking, oh, I'm going to go sell this in other areas right. and make it something. I built it to try to help out for the French Quarter. And it just so happened that it's working so well that other people want to use it. And I've got to compliment you on your militarized golf carts. Those <laughs> are... Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm curious. Can I ask a new sure. question? Are yeah. we still, okay, because I'm curious if you think it'll work in the other districts. Because our board has actually discussed whether... It should be looked at, and you know, because other districts are built so differently, some people are thinking, you know, it probably wouldn't work in District Two because it's not a grid, and you know, I wonder if there's any use for it outside of the French Quarter. Um, I'm, so you got to excuse me, this fish is so good from. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know, Amy was doing great. You were dragging the question out so he could finish. Yeah, so well, I mean, a teacher that I was broadcasting. I haven't, been here, I haven't been to Commanders in a long time, but I got to tell you, I'm. I'm gonna it's really good. Yeah. Really good. <laughs> I tried to. But. Uh, plug, plug. Um, <laughs> but I think it, no, it works. It, whether you're in a rural district, whether you're in a concentrated, dense area, I think it's. I think it's. It's. Uh, it's. It's in today's world with everyone with androids, uh, right. Apple phones. It's a very simple process. You don't have to sit on the phone with nine one nine one one. Half the time, nine one one, they don't even know the streets that you're calling about. So. Right. It's just a way to do it, and it allows to submit the crime with a photo. It has evidence, so if they have to go to trial for the DA's office, everything's within that system. Um, I think it works anywhere that you want to use it. Oh, that is, that is I'd great. love to see it citywide. That's why I'm saying that, uh, or asking that. I would love to see it citywide, too, because I think that it would help a lot of the issues that we have. One of the things I'd like to highlight, and I know this was what we were just talking about before, is when you talk about adding more police officers, that's to me, that's just like in a business when you're when you're running a business. I know, especially for me, when I was growing my bit, when I grow my businesses, when an employee asked me, oh, we need an extra mechanic or oh, we need an extra um, uh, teller at the at the at the door. So when people come in for the customers, what I always do is say, I'm going to take two weeks. I'm going to and I'll get back with you for those two weeks. I watch the cameras. I look at the GPS. I see the work log. And then what happens in those two weeks, I can tell whether the supervisor is properly managing his staff. And right. does he really need another seventy five to one hundred thousand dollar employee or 
does he need to become more uh, attentive to his post? And I think that's some of the things that we need to look at as a city is that I'm sure there's a lot of departments where we need to see how we can be more efficient with their posts. City, I've got to ask you, you've put this money up. Is the city going to pay you back? I, I didn't do it for the city to pay me back, okay. and I'm not looking for the city yeah. to pay me back. What I want, what I want, what I, what I'd like to see, and and it's happening. I mean, I guess um, that uh, they continue to using it. Um, I just bought a brand new round of cars, these smart cars, because mm-hmm. I wanted to be able to use them in the weather like today. Yeah. Um, and so I want to see them in, uh, continue to embrace it, continue to to welcome what we're doing. Um, right now, the only cars that I really see running around the French Quarter are these little smart cars. You don't really see yeah. any other police cars yeah. right now. So I know that it's a huge help for, for the French Quarter. Commander Walls loves it. It takes pressure off of him. And um, the calls, I mean, we, we're getting an average of 15 to 20 calls a day on the app. Yeah. And I, I watch them. I look to see which ones are coming in and how quick they're responding to them. So anyway, it's it's a um, it's a work in progress. Yeah. But at least it's something that's that's actually... Uh, effective. And you've got now more skin in the game in terms of the French Quarter, in terms of uh, your own interests and such. I do. And I mean, look, you know, for me, it's 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 important, not just because I live there, but it's important because I think it, the, the French Quarter is a, a huge economic engine for the city and the state. And it's proven when you look at the dollars. Every study and every survey I've seen that's conducted amongst New Orleanians reports crime is the number one issue that concerns all of us. Living in fear affects the psyche of our citizens, it impacts our tourist economy, and it threatens the future of our newly resurgent and optimistic local economy. Most of us feel helpless to do anything about it, so on behalf of most of us, Thank you both for the fact that you are doing something about it. I appreciate that. And and thanks so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch today have been Amy Adato Freeman, owner of Freeman Consulting and a board member of the New Orleans Police and Justice Foundation, and Sydney Torres, uh, owner of IV Capital, STD Productions, and the French Quarter Task Force. You can find out more about Amy and Sydney's crime fighting and other business ventures by following the links on our websites. It's neworleans.com and www.no.org. Our show is recorded live over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday with live music and dinner seven nights a week. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Today's show is engineered by Thomas Walsh. Our researcher is Matthew Ellefson. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. Mitch's music is available wherever great jazz is streamed or stolen or at MitchellForeman.com. You can get the show as a podcast. You can listen to past shows. And you can keep up with us on all kinds of social media by going to our websites, www.no.org and itsneworleans.com. If you want to know what we look like, and don't lie, you do, you can find Find photos from this show uh, on our website and Facebook page. The photos were taken today by Allison Moon. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com and WWNO 89.9 FM. I'm Peter Raschuti. Thanks for joining me. I look forward to meeting you again next week around the table here at Commander's Palace for more business, New Orleans style, on Out to Lunch. Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base, joneswalker.com. Additional support comes from Luba Workers' Comp. Want a bank that was ranked among the top in the nation for business banking? Whitney Bank has you covered with nearly 200 locations across the Gulf South. So stop by today. Learn more at HancockWhitney.com. Member FDIC.